Okay, so today's scripture reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 to 7. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised and we held him of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases, yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. And by his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is the word of the Lord. Good afternoon, everyone. Yeah. 
This one's heavy. This one's, uh, okay, I'm just going like this. Okay. Um, so, uh, today I'm going to talk about the cross. No wonder we're Christians. So I'm going to talk about the cross, but also I'm going to talk about the desire, human desire as well. And then I'm going to, uh, I'm going to refer quite a lot of uh, the biblical references, and uh, so that uh, uh, just so there's going to be a lot of PowerPoint, uh, the biblical references. So I hope you uh, can follow with me. Okay. So um, human feeling, human emotion, um, human thought. The first recorded in the Bible, uh, you can find from Genesis chapter 3, from the mouth of the first woman, Eve. She says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, this was uh, the first human being's uh, thoughts and emotion and feeling. Good for food, delight to the eyes, and desire to make one wise. So the first human emotion or the, the uh, thought or that came from uh, within human being was desire. Desire. Eastern culture, like uh, Koreans or Japanese or Chinese, um, we write human beings like this. Ingan, you don't have to. Ingan, okay, and then uh, that means, the Chinese character means, human beings find our identity between and among other humans. So, the Eastern understanding of, about for the human being is more like a social or relational understanding. But in Western culture, uh, the Latin uh, writes the human as a humanus. It came, and then from humanus, uh, it came from the, the word humus. And then, and then nowadays we have uh, this, the word human. It means earth and dust. So we are just dust and earth. That's the Western kind of understanding. Long, thousand years. But the Bible understands a little bit different. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 23, the first man, Adam, says, Then the man said, This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. And that the woman and man came from the same word, ish. Ish means desire. Or, or fire, or someone would say passion, something like that. But desire, basically. The Bible understands human beings, like me and you, with a being of desire. What was the tree is not our focus today. The focus is that the first human saw the tree and she desired. The Bible tells more about the desire. The desire, if you look closely to the Bible reference, the desire just wasn't generated within herself. Desire just wasn't created within herself. She just didn't um, bring up the desire. Chapter 3 and 6 says, So when the woman saw that the tree, and the tree was to be desired, she saw 
her desire wasn't generated within herself, but came from outside. Her desire came from the other. Okay, she, her desire came from the outside. We see this everywhere. Uh, you can go to uh, any, any daycare or childcare. Usually, you better go to the younger, younger the better, the, the nursery school. There's a kid who is happily playing with his toy for a while, but suddenly he sees that another kid is playing much, much more desired toy. And then this kid wants to have the toy. And then these two kids fall into rivalry. Right? And then they have to resolve something. Okay? That's even really young ages, it just happened like that. Desire comes from outside, from the other. You desire someone who possesses something that you desire. You just, just don't create your desire. You see someone, you see like a close relationship or far away, but you desire. Like a visible thing, smartphones. Computers, cars, houses, or invisible things like knowledge, fame, recognition, or happiness. That's why uh, one philosopher once said that if you think your desire is original to you, that's a, uh, that's a romantic lie, he said. If you think your desire is original to you, that's a romantic lie. Humans borrow one another's desire. Because of their desire, Adam and Eve had to come out of the garden. And then they had, you know, they had the two sons, Cain and Abel. And we all know the story. The sacrifice of Abel was accepted, but not Cain's. And Cain committed the first murder by killing his brother. Eve, just imagine, if both sacrifices were accepted or both sacrifices were denied, there would be no competition. There would be no rivalry. There would be no killing. But one was not recognized while the other, the opposite. The Cain was kind of consumed by desire and killed his rival, his younger brother. Let's look at the Ten Commandments. Um, nowadays, kind of kids' church, they, 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 they kind of know Ten Commandments because uh, during the VBS, the, the, one of the most favorite songs that we've been singing every day was a Ten Commandments song. So that is kind of a the, the cool kind of a, the motions. I don't want to show it, but, uh, but it is kind of a, they really like the song. Okay? And then number six to number nine, so simple. Nothing that much special. You shall not murder. Sure. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. So it's like you, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do this. Something like that. Something uh, that the, the commandments prohibits some kind of actions, right? To destroy the, the harmony of the community or something like that. But suddenly, the 10th commandment became really long and the, the, the object, uh, the target was changed. You shall not desire your neighbor's wife, or male or female slave, 
or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Desire the Bible. So from six, number six to nine, certain actions are prohibited, but the tenth commandment prohibits human desire, not actions. The desire that comes from the, the outside, from the other, the Bible said your neighbor, which means outside, the other, the otherness. And one scholar, therefore, they kind of imagine that I'm, I'll go back to thousands years ago that there's a lawmaker of the Ten Commandments. He was uh, trying to make the Ten Commandments and uh, he wanted the people, um, he kind of, uh, he, he didn't want to fight. He didn't want, he, he didn't want, uh, want for people to fight each other. And so that he was trying to lay out the list, the, the list of prohibition, right? Prohibit. But soon he realized, number six, seven, and eight, and nine, and he realized that the list went on and on and on. Okay, you have to list out everything. So he gave up. So instead, listing out the thing that people fight and become violent, he decided to finish his work by talking about desire. Desire for that belongs to the other. From January this year, Kiss Church has been uh, using uh, this new curriculum. And uh, it's uh, 52 weeks of uh, Bible stories. Uh, we started from uh, creation story for sure. And then today, downstairs, uh, they must have finished already, they are learning about the story of King Saul. And every Bible lesson comes with a short Bible uh, movie clip, uh, two minutes, three minutes, something like that. And almost every week, almost every week, I realized there's too much violence in the Bible. Every week, the stories are full of violence, filled with so much blood. Sometimes, so I worry, kind of, how much these young kids are able to digest. Uh, but Bible says so, so I don't know. Yeah. Then I realized that our human—that's human reality—and our history. Humans, we humans desire. And that desire comes from the outside, the other. That desire desires what you have not, but the other has. Then there comes jealousy or competition or envy, whatever, and that makes rivalry. Then violence comes in many, many different forms. You all know that the story of Jacob and his brother Esau. Jacob desired what his brother Esau had, the privilege that only the firstborn son had, and his blessings from his father Isaac. Then Jacob's desire, together with his mom Rebecca's desire, led Jacob to kind of a competition rivalry with his older brother Esau. You can imagine easily. Esau was not even years older than him. They were twins. And Esau was just born, uh, I would say, just a few minutes earlier than him. Then there came violence. You all know that the story of Joseph and his ten older brothers. 
the ten brothers desired their father Jacob's attention. But only their youngest brother possessed that. If the situation continued, they wouldn't receive Jacob's blessings and inheritance. So the ten brothers, with one heart, in harmony, for one purpose, made Joseph as a scapegoat. They exercised their violence upon their youngest brother Joseph, trying to kill him and eventually sold him as a slave to Egypt. You all know also the story of Israel in the times of Judges. Israelites desired what they didn't have, but other nations had. Every nation around them had kings, but they didn't. So even God didn't like the idea. If the Israelites' desire led them to, I would say, the rivalry with God, rivalry with God, the invisible God, and set one desirable person, King Saul, on the throne. I don't have to give you more examples from the Bible. We are full of desire, desire, rivalry, violence, over and over again. But even though we are kind of born with the desire, born with desire, but it seems like the Bible says, according to the Bible, we don't usually desire God. We desire anything that the other possesses, but we don't desire God. The first woman saw the tree and she desired. But we see the Lamb of God, but we don't desire. It's because the Lamb of God, the Messiah, doesn't look that much desirable. Today's scripture said, For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. His appearance is not desirable. Who can desire the scapegoat, right? Who can, who could desire? He has no form that we should look at him. He has no majesty that we should look at him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. The first woman saw the tree and we already read her burning desire, right? So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. But if we saw the Messiah, the Bible may be written this way. So when the man or woman saw that the Messiah was no good for our survivor and that it was not a delight to the eyes and that the Messiah was not to be desired to make one wise. But the problem is the Messiah demands us to desire him. The Messiah, according to the Bible, demands us to desire him. Jesus said, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves. Let them deny their own desires and take up their cross and follow me. 
St. Paul said, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. But according to Isaiah, we humans didn't desire the Messiah and rejected and finally killed. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with the infirmity. And as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised. And we held him of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases, yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. The Bible just doesn't use a a backhanded way of saying, kind of a talking around. The Bible just, just directly tells us that it's us who killed the Messiah. Not you or some, but us. Our desire killed him. So the Saint James says this, when the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And that sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. So the Saint Paul says this, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And also the prophet Isaiah today says this, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way. We have all turned to our own desire. Often, when we are being consumed by desire, we become ignorant. So we see the Messiah, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross and saying, Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. When he consumed, by desire, possessed by desire, we don't see what we have to see. That's why the first saying of Jesus on the cross is this, Father, Jesus on the cross, this is his first saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. They don't see what they are doing because the desire is so much hidden, deep, deep, deep down in human existence. Conversion, repentance. I don't think they are big things. Just to know that to repent or the conversion, just to know that I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Just to see I'm responsible of killing the Messiah on the cross. That's conversion and repentance. When I was grade, I don't know, eight or nine in Korea, and I went to the highest retreat, and then I, because I didn't want to go, uh, because I didn't go to church that time, because I was kind of a puberty here, so I just against everything. I against my father, I against my mother, I against the society, I against this institution of school kind of stuff. All kind of rebellious ideas. Yeah? So that, that was my grade six, seven, eight. 
those days. And then I didn't go to church. Why, why should I go to church? It's a, it's a physical romantic idea, kind of a fantasy kind of stuff, I believe. And then uh, my school friends, um, two months, they've been kind of a, um, let's go to retreat kind of stuff. Every day, every day. So they're like, okay, okay, come on. So no, my friends, I, I, like, I, like, I like my friends. So I went there, so it's a three nights retreat. So I didn't want to go. I didn't have any interest in any, any ladies and women. So by that time, I didn't have any interest in swimming or the food, anything. So we have about 100 or 150 kids. And then I was always really back there, sitting like this. Because we didn't carry, we don't usually use chairs like, like years ago. They are just sit on the floor, right? So they're like this, oh, okay, whatever you talk. Okay, okay, I don't, I don't want to listen, kind of, a, kind of attitude. Okay? <laughs> And then the last night, last night, I still vividly remember the last night that the, the thing is, I just realized I'm a sinner. I don't know where they came from. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that was not kind of ethical or doctrinal kind of a confession. Just, I just see myself and I'm a sinner. And then my second question was, what am I supposed to do then? That was my question. And then uh, there was cross there. So there are, so that's something happened there, okay? That was my conversion. I remember that I realized I'm a sinner. Uh, long time, I didn't, I, don't have, I didn't think I'm a sinner. Why am I a sinner? I, sometimes I lie. Sometimes I use bad languages. Uh, yes, yes, who, who wouldn't? And then uh, it's, it's not big deal kind of stuff. But it's not because of that. I'm, the more I look into myself, the more I try to go deeper myself, I have to say that I'm a sinner. Therefore, when the same Peter first met Jesus, he said, Go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. The first saying of St. Peter. Therefore, when the prophet Isaiah first met God, he said, Woe is me, I'm lost, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Therefore, when the same when Saint Paul first met God while he was on the way to Damascus to persecute Christians, he heard, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. I know I'm a sinner. My two kids will not say I'm a sinner. Okay? My wife and my mom will not say I'm a sinner. They uh, some they may respect me. I don't know. Uh, so at least they kind of uh, like me or love me. But they don't see. And also you don't see I'm a sinner, right? Do you? Uh, but I know I'm a sinner. I know that desire conceived it gave birth to sin, and the sin when it was fully grown gave birth to death of the Messiah, the Lamb of God, the innocent God, the innocent Lamb of God. If I don't see I'm a sinner, then I have a romantic fantasy or romantic lie. But if I see I'm a sinner, then I have the truth, nothing but the truth. Therefore, we desire, I desire the old rugged cross. I desire the cross that has no form, no majesty. I desire the despised cross. I desire the rejected cross. 
I desire the cross than nothing in appearance that we desire. Someone says the Bible is like a cloth made with fur. Okay, fur cloth. Humans desire to see the outer part, beautiful part, hairy part, smooth, and so warm, right? But the Bible flips the fur and let us see the, the other side, the animal skin, red and blood dripping. That's the Bible, that someone says. The cross, the sacrifice of the innocent Lamb of God is the same to me. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Not the fancy and desirable part in appearance of the cross, but the other side, the blood of the Lamb of God. We have the cross. This is the most, my favorite part of this century. The, the cross. We have this beautiful cross. But we have to see the other side of the cross. Even though it looks big, um, grandeur, or beautiful, or I don't know, but, but the other side the blood of the Lamb of God. Not the desirable part of our outer appearance, but the other side, the desire that is red. But the good news is that the Bible doesn't stop there. The Bible's intention is not to accuse us, but even though the Bible says you are responsible by, to, to kill Jesus Christ, but, but the Bible doesn't try to accuse us you are a sinner, but there's more. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. The Lamb of God was wounded for our transgressions. The Lamb of God was crushed for our iniquities, but upon Him was the punishment that made us whole, and by His bruises we are healed. We are like sheep and have gone astray, but the Lamb of God carried out the, the iniquity of all of all upon His shoulder and died. And this is gospel to all of us. Our desire had crucified Him, we hear not just, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. But we hear this gentle voice, David, David, why do you persecute me? I'm Jesus, David, whom you are persecuting. And accept the grace of the cross and his forgiveness. More and more and little by little, not to live with the desire of the old self, but to live with a new desire for the cross. So that the same Paul said, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Nothing among you, nothing among in this world except Jesus Christ 
and I'm crucified. I'm no more just me. I'm no more just a sinner. I'm a sinner that is covered by the blood of the Lamb. I'm a sinner that is covered by the blood of the cross. I'm a sinner that sins forgotten and forgiven. So I cherish the old rugged cross. So I desire to know nothing except Jesus Christ and crucified. Lord, help us to desire you more. Let us continue to reflect on Let us sing this song above all to reflect upon what you have just you have just shared together. And let us just look up on the cross. The cross is is just in front of you. Just look at the cross. The real cross that you just carried was not this much fancy, this much desirable in appearance. But this is what we believe. This is what we live for. This is what we desire. Let us sing the song. Take the blood of Christ and the body of Christ.